What's up, everybody? I'm Megan. This is Carrie. And we're so excited to be back for MC Unpacked. Absolutely. We're talking about everything to do with marriage, sex, and intimacy. We're talking about roles and relationships, priorities. How do you navigate that knucklehead husband? How do you <laughs> deal with that nagging? No, I'm kidding. It's going to be great. We have had 28 questions submitted. We're going to hit them all in two sessions. That's You're right. not going to want to miss it. I'm telling you right now, it will probably change your marriage and change your life because we're talking about sex. Come on. Um, this Sex edition baby. of MC Unpacked. We had so many questions come in. We had so many questions come in all about marriage, about intimacy, about family. How to handle kids and what to do when trust is broken and communication yeah. and roles in the home. There's a couple right off the top though we yeah. got to hit. And I think... Um, two, two different questions came in about this. Yeah. Uh, one of them was, how would you advise spouses who are experiencing abuse? And the other was some people do need to know, uh, that there's hope in getting safety from an abuser. Yeah. And so I don't even want to start this podcast without hitting that first, right. because some of you that are watching, you might right. be in that environment and that's real. And our heart is there heavy. for you. It, that's a heavy topic. And we're praying for you as a church, but there are, there is hope and there are answers. Yeah. Um, the hardest part is that you're as the spouse, if you are being abused, you're going to have to make a decision to take a step of action. Right. No one can make that for you. Whether you're, uh, you're an, married and no kids or you have kids in the home. And I want to just tell you the best step that you can take is getting out of the environment and getting to a place of safety, especially if you have kids. Yep. You cannot set the standard Absolutely. that abuse is acceptable because our kids have the greatest potential to mirror and duplicate what we yeah. allow. And yeah. so uh, we're in Orange County. And we work with an organization that we can get you in touch yeah. with right away. They're called Laura's House. They even have secret hotlines. They have secret websites. They teach you how to delete your browsing history so that it can't be found by an abusive spouse. Yeah. And we, we support them as a church because we believe in it. We absolutely do. And I know it's scary. Um, I know just the thought of even talking about that might be really intimidating. But um, you don't deserve to be in an abusive situation. Yeah. And that's not God's plan for you or his heart for you. There's nothing you could have done that would make you deserve to be in that situation. And I know there's so many justifications that roll um, inside your mind, but we would just encourage you. It's time to get some help Absolutely. and there's plenty of resources for you. And at the Movement Church, we'd love to help you get connected to those resources. Yeah. So if you're not ready to, to talk to Laura's house, um, then you can reach out to us at info at the ocmovement.com yeah. and will get you started in the right direction. And no matter what state or city you're listening yeah. from, there are organizations like this that exist for you. Absolutely. And a local church is a great place to start, yeah. but get to a place of safety. You deserve that. Yeah. And your kids deserve that. That's right. And so don't allow that to be a standard that's acceptable. Don't make excuses for your spouse anymore. It's unacceptable and you don't deserve to be yeah. treated that way. And there is a road to restoration. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't mean that all is over and all hope is lost. There is still so yeah. much hope. And thanks for being brave enough to ask the question. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate that. We start. just wanted to start there. We didn't want to forsake that question because we had two of them come yeah. in. Yeah. And I just want to kind of, the best way we can segue into the rest of these yeah. questions. So we had so many questions come in from our series, yeah. Me and My House, which we're currently in at the Movement Church. 
Uh, maybe you're watching this at a later date. Go back, get the YouTube, yeah. the Spotify, get all the things. We're talking about building strong minds, strong families, strong homes. And this last week we talked about we talked keys about marriage. for marriage. Yep. And so uh, and we asked people to turn in questions yeah, and, and we had did. so many come in. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get to every question. Okay. It's a lot. Every single question. Yeah. And so there's one of two things going to happen. This is going to be a really, we're going to be so wise and profound. It's going right. to happen so quick. Or we're going to break this into two <laughs> podcasts. Either way, we're going to get to every single question because I think you deserve it. And uh, we're going to yeah. do our best to answer these. And, and the, right off the bat, we talked about even in this past Sunday, we were going to start with intimacy. Let's talk about sex, baby. Look at who's singing ah, now. I sang. Let's talk about <laughs> you and me. That's yes, so good. We are going to talk I about. I beat you to singing on this podcast. I'm impressed. I know. I'm proud. I was I'm, waiting for it. I I mean, I'm proud to be an American <laughs> and I'm proud to be your wife. So <laughs> we talked yeah. about how we were going to hit on um, on healthy intimacy within yeah. a marriage. We didn't get to it on Sunday. Right. You and I tag team. It always goes longer than we want it to. I would say if you're listening, that would be a great place to start to yeah. uh, grab uh, the podcast or the Spotify or whatever Week one of me and my house. Week one of me and my house. We talked about great pillars for healthy marriage. Yep. Uh, we talked about the importance of daily investing in your walk with the Lord, that your marriage has to be your number one priority, uh, that affirmation always is the yep. key to a healthy marriage, alignment over agreement. We're going to retouch on some of these yeah. things. Uh, but the last point we didn't get to is the one, a, a serious key to healthy marriage is authentic intimacy. Right. And that's a key. We, we phrase that intentionally. There's a mosquito flying between you I and me. I know. I'm nervous. I'm going to get bit. Don't be nervous. We talked about authentic intimacy. And why do we use the word authentic and yeah. intimacy? Why? Well, okay. When we're talking about intimacy, we're not just talking about sex. We're talking right, about so connection. Yeah. Um, intimacy is so much more about connection. And um, to be authentic means, um, gosh, that's just a key value for to us. To be known and fully, to be fully known and to fully know. Yeah. That's a crucial component, which and, means I'm fully and who I am. we need that. Yeah. We, we need that desperately in our relationships, in all of our <laughs> relationships. But man, that is a key in marriage is yeah. to be fully known. And um, so authentic intimacy means I need to be fully connected to right. my spouse, right? Yeah, which means, and, and really, uh, for guys, it's not a, a kicker. Obviously, these would be general terms. Um, obviously, some guys are different. There's about uh, 0.00006%, but they do exist. Uh, their Guys are primarily concerned about physical intimacy and sex. Yeah, that's Which a general is, statement, and, but yeah, and pretty, I think it mostly applies. I would say, you know, 90, I think there's a lot of girls that are interested in that too. Oh, fair. Yeah. But in other they're not guys are not as concerned about authentic intimacy of connection <laughs> on an emotional basis as much as they are okay, about having an enough. orgasm as often as they can. Okay. So I feel like that's important to note. Um, and so when it comes to guys, it's important to note that that emotional intimacy is a crucial component for your spouse, yeah. your your wife. And I won't try to speak on behalf uh, of women, but I would like to speak to men to know that the idea that your, your wife feels authentically known is the starting point. It's the middle yeah. ground. It's the ending point of physical intimacy that you know and understand her current pain points. You know what she's currently challenged by. 
you know what her current insecurities are, mm-hmm. what her victories are, yeah. what what gives her delight. And I'm not just talking about in the bed, but in life right. that she's fully known. Right. I think one of the, it's it's been around for a long time, but something that's really helpful with that, um, there's the, the five love languages test yeah. that I think is available just everywhere. It blew up. It's like one of the most worldwide sold books. Yeah. I mean, most people know about it, but I actually think it's such a great reference because um, people feel connected on in different ways, right? right? And so for some people, it's, it's really time and talk for some people. It's like that, that physical connection. And I don't mean sex. I mean like just handholding and being close yeah. to and sex. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. um, but I just That's think it's important. Language. It's important to know <laughs> it is your love language. Uh, I think it's important to know what, um, what is a, the love language of your spouse. Like yeah. what, what do they appreciate? What makes them feel like they're known? Um, yeah. how do they like to have conversations? You know, do they need to be long and drawn out or do they like it short and sweet? You know? Yeah. So. Like I know for you, like intimacy is not obviously only physical. It is also as much. And I talked about this in that the sermon when we preached on this, but it's that Monday morning walk where we get to yeah, just talk. That's my favorite. And you get to just talk about what's going on in your world, the challenges, the pain points, the insecurities, the victories, the delight, and that is an open door mm-hmm. for to you on a physical level because mm-hmm. you feel valued and known. And, and that, it's going to be different for everybody. What Quality time matters to you. Yeah, and, I appreciate quality time. And so time. listen, we're not here to, to rep the five love languages. <laughs> you know how to find things. It's called G-O-O-G-L-E. So get a book, read it. You're going to find out what, what really helps connect you. But that's an important part. So yeah. listen, the thing that you need to know is it takes time. It takes time and investment. It's not about uh, just creating a moment for five minutes of physical yeah. intimacy. It takes time and investment. It takes vulnerability. It takes listening. Keyword is listening. Yeah. Keyword is listening. It takes protection, protecting time. Yeah. And it goes both ways consistently. And it requires intentionality yeah. because you have to you have to actually plan to spend time with your spouse. We talked a little bit about that in week one of Me and My House. We talked about the fact that it's, it requires some intentionality of actually planning date nights, planning the, the yep. walk on the beach, whatever it might be, creating space to really connect and to know one another. So yeah, I'm working here but you're not helping oh, me you I'm, just I'm took sorry. a put you looked at what I'm doing and you took a big pause <laughs> like you didn't see what I'm doing I got a multitask I I was thinking about the fact that for a long time we've used um the five date questions um and just just asking one another questions actually generates uh, the kind of conversation where you feel known. Yep. And uh, I'm trying to remember Don't that. go through them right now. That's not on okay. our questions. Okay, Let's we'll m- just throw it out there somewhere else, like on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> we come find us later. Email us at okay. info at but, but I mean, that's what it takes is time and conversation and asking questions and really knowing one another. Generally speaking for yeah. the woman. It doesn't yeah. take any time for a man. Okay. You just touch me but in the right place what? and it takes no time. But here's the thing. I think... At, don't You at, can't correct me. I'm right. Uh, I'm so, not so saying I'm that sa- you don't feel that way, so, but also I'm saying that you, you wouldn't be, it's important for you to be fully known by me as well. Like what for intimacy's sake? No, oh, it doesn't, not for no, intimacy that's sake. what we're talking but, about. But in general, like that matters, yeah, but not for sex. Okay. I don't need to be known. You need to be touched. Okay. And so I think that matters. But I was just saying intimacy. You keep arguing my point. Intimacy is more than sex. Yes. So for the girl, <laughs> Yes. Generally speaking, but the word intimacy is more than I. You're sex. arguing the same point. <laughs> what I, we're talking about intimacy, it is important, and for a great sex life, which okay. you cannot have intimacy. For a great sex life, for good gosh, a woman. if I you can, nobody can hear you because you're eight feet away from your mic. <laughs> 
Second of all, let me finish this statement. We're not going to be intimate tonight. I'll tell you that right now. So my my point is this. Intimacy is so much more than the physical. Yes. But it requires the physical. Okay. True. And for the man, he to be intimate, it is not as important to be fully known. Okay. I get it that. It is important for him. But what he cares about, generally speaking, and please email me if you're different, but I promise it'll be about 0.004% of all men in the history of, the, of humanity. And my point is this, is it doesn't take that for the man to be ready to be physically intimate. What we're saying is for the woman to enjoy physical intimacy, it requires more time, more investment, okay. and value, being vulnerable. And for her, it's no, this is generally speaking, you can speak to this part for sure, but it is, it's important for you that, that you fully know where I'm at too. Yeah. That helps you feel known yeah, when absolutely. I share my challenges, my pain points. and Because the relationship feels authentic. Absolutely. Yeah. That is authenticity. Yeah. yeah. But it does go both ways, right. which means that the, the guys, you got to understand, it's going to take time. I mean, you, you know, the age old adage, women are like, uh, men are like microwaves and women are like crock pots. And because uh, it just doesn't take very long for guys to get tuned in and ready to rock and roll. It takes more time for ladies, generally speaking. I don't want to say that anymore because I, I think we understand it. <laughs> But you cannot have, intimacy can exist in a marriage without some physical intimacy. So some of that can be the touch. It can be yeah. hugs. It can be making out. We just went on a date the other <laughs> night to Coldplay, went salsa dancing and made it out. Was and so it was fun. amazing on Thanks. the dance floor. I'm yeah, sure Everyone needed to know that. You had a spicy beverage and it made my lips burn. It was a little challenging, <laughs> but we had a good time. We had a good time. So we'll move, we'll move on. And, and so here's, here's the biggest question we, we get is, and there's some more questions about intimacy. So we'll come back to this. We're going to go to those questions okay. in a minute. But our, our rule, our golden rule, if you will, is that it, physical intimacy should be consistently taking place about once every 72 hours. Yeah, that's a great Not standard. that it's a calendar, you know, right. scheduled appointment because that lacks spontaneity. It lacks life and vigor. But that we're just, we're making sure that there's healthy rhythms. Now, as you get older, those time frames may change. And if yeah. there's physical challenges, those time frames may change. Yeah. But that shows, it, it makes sure that the man's physical needs are met. And it's also important to make sure that the women's emotional needs are right. met. And there are some women who are on here who also want their physical yeah. needs met I just met didn't well. want you to leave them out because sometimes they get really frustrated yeah. when you make it sound like it's all the man. Because yeah. there's and a lot of women who really, they A have, lot is a, a big statement, but all of the A lot other, that I've talked to. Okay, great. So anecdotally is now scientific. <laughs> so we're, well, yeah, but you're right. You're right. So yeah. the point is, Every 72 hours. And why does that matter for a guy's sake? Well, when you make a decision to get married, you are saying yes to your spouse and no to everyone else. 100%. And so I I think, again, generally speaking, uh, physical intimacy is one of the most important values for a man. And um, and again, I think that it's important for a lot of us, but I, I think that for a man, it's so crucial. And so it's really easy. I, I'll just speak for myself and maybe not every, put every woman in the same box, but um, I think it can be really easy to get tired and distracted totally. by the busyness of life or the pressure with kids or jobs or whatever the situation might be. And it's just like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. And so I can neglect your needs sure. if I'm not being intentional with that. Yeah. And so part of the way that I show love to you is by actually being intimate with you because, yeah. because that's, that's how God wired us. Yeah. And, and that's when two come together to become one. And so I think that I, I think husbands desperately need that to be a priority from their wife. Absolutely. 
100%. And it's one of the greatest ways to a fair proof of marriage Yeah, is by meeting the physical needs of of your spouse. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. That's not the reason to have sex. Right. That doesn't mean, well, if I'm not getting any, then I can be unfaithful. Absolutely not. We got to align scripture with scripture. Yeah. Uh, but it also, it, it it's the way that God wired us. And when he wired us that way, mm-hmm. he didn't make a mistake with it. And so that's why having a rule in play, those are our dogs. Yeah. They agree with me wholeheartedly. They do. That's why they bite. Having a rule in play matters <laughs> exponentially. I was going to say one other thing with that, and, and it's just left my mind. Oh, it doesn't mean that you have to be into it every time that we're intimate physically. Yeah, actually, I just had that conversation yeah. with a friend um, because it, she she was struggling and um, and just feeling like, if she didn't have the energy or the desire to to be fully into sex, yeah. that she just wasn't going to do it. And I was like, yeah, you don't have to be fully into it every time. Sometimes you can just prefer your spouse and be like, what do you need right now? And it yeah. doesn't have to be the thing that just excites you in the moment. You do it for your spouse. And so I I don't think everybody agrees with that statement um, because yeah. because I've I know it's been challenging for some, but um, I. I do think that that's important to know as part of marriage is saying, I, I'm here to prefer my spouse. Our dogs are literally okay. leaping into this room our, right One now. of our producers <laughs> is climbing under the, ca- the, the camera. I'm Just close the door for one I'm second. I'm surprised we didn't see them leap. Our neighbors the are bringing their trash cans back. <laughs> and so once they chill, we'll be good. But uh, I think the same is equally true on the other side. Yeah. Because just because it's important for Megan to go on a walk on Monday mornings and she needs to be known and I, and wants me to be known. It doesn't mean I'm fully always into it. Yeah, that's true. And it's okay that sometimes I'm there and I'm having the conversations and I'm talking to you because I know you need that and I'm listening and I'm paying attention, but my heart may not be in it and that's okay. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is when I give selflessly to you like that and you give selflessly to me like that, God does something beautiful. Yeah, in that's the what makes a great yeah, marriage. Totally. All right. So listen, we spent 17 minutes talking about sex and I don't even know. I would, I would Intimacy. Let me say, yeah, great, great, <laughs> great point. Yeah. I would also say this, that um, one of the best things you can do for your sex life is uh, spice it up, kick it up a notch. And there are three things that, the three P's that should never be involved in your sex life. Uh, and this would be biblical values. Uh, the first P is other people. So biblical sexual Christian ethic is between one man and one woman who are in married, yeah. who are in marriage monogamously yes. and consensually. Yes. Okay. So no other people outside of your okay. husband or your wife. Uh, number two, no porn. Don't bring in porn. And if you have, just stop it, cut it out because all it does is elicit lust yeah. and a desire for someone else that can never be satisfied. And it's not your spouse. Yeah. So God didn't design you to lust after someone beside your spouse. And the third is pets. In other words, don't bring animals into it. And you might think that that's foolish, but we live in a crazy world. Outside of those three things, so pornography. Oh, hey, so-and-so, my daughter's calling. Uh-huh. Oh, hang on a minute. I'll put her on the podcast. Hold on. Let's just say, hey, Brooklyn, we're recording a podcast. Say hello to America. Oh, hello, America. <laughs> we're talking about sex. It's like perfect timing. To talk about politics. Oh, <laughs> well, listen, I would love to talk about politics, but we got to keep recording. Can I call you back? We'll when call I'm you done? later, babe. Um, I might be asleep, so I can call you tomorrow. Great. Um, and as I hang up, tell us who you're voting for. No, I'm kidding. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, okay, back to what I was saying. I probably should put my phone on silent. Kind of the first rule, <laughs> rule of recording. Uh, I, what was I saying? Oh, spice it up. <laughs> 
So in other words, if you read the book of Solomon, there's the Bible says the marriage bed is undefiled. Song so, of Solomon, yeah. uh, Song of Solomon, thank you. So the marriage bed would be undefiled, which would mean, but consensually. So yeah. both parties need to be consensual yeah. with that. And if you're manipulating your spouse and that's not consent, right. so there needs to be alignment, alignment. like we, we talked, talked about. about so you might need to talk to a marriage coach yeah. and that's a good thing to do. Um, but spice it up, yeah. get some handcuffs and do some role play and have, fun. have some fun and be creative, be as creative as you possibly can. Yeah. And you know, Oh God, I'm are right. you about to say stuff? You know, just have some fun. We'll leave it at that, but have <laughs> as much fun as you can. And so, but, but consensually, so you both need to be aligned and between your husband and a wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In other words, if you're forcing your spouse to do something, then that's not alignment and you yeah. want the marriage bed to feel intimate Yeah. and to be fully known means that I am, I am letting, I'm opening myself fully to you. And that means I'm expecting you to protect me. Yeah. And if, that's great. I keep burping and I'm not even drinking LaCroix. <laughs> and if you're protecting me, you care more about me than your own physical desires. Yeah. And so um, now some of you, if you're a little bit too rigid, there's some great books we can recommend at a different time, but uh, that can help loosen it up, baby. Yeah. We can talk about that. I, mean, I think we could go on and on about this, but maybe we should answer oh, some yeah, of the should, questions. Also, don't do things that can get you arrested. That should also, I feel like that goes uh, without saying, but like, I mean, I mean, just, just don't get arrested or do things that could get you arrested. It's great uh, advice, babe. I, I'm just saying, but other than that, <laughs> just like go for it. Yes. Go on a hike in the woods. That's right. Yeah. Outside's great. 100%. Yeah. Bring Bring a sleeping bag or don't bring a sleeping bag. Bring like uh, some some handcuffs and just go to town. You've mentioned that twice. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> like uh, get get crazy. Okay. With just your spouse. With just your spouse. Awesome. Have fun. Let's answer some of the questions Let's about. See, we're this. still on intimacy. Yeah. We're 21 minutes into this. Yeah. All right. So this one says, I've gone to counseling and read the books, but when I try to implement strategies. It feels or sounds too textbook or like it's not coming yeah. off genuine. It's kind of hard to read into that and, and answer that objectively, but I feel like you've got something you want to say. I could speak to that because... I, I put this in the category of intimacy. This yeah. individual didn't necessarily. Well, this is a connection point, right? Yeah. It's authentic connection, and that's what it sounds like this individual is going for. Like, I want to be authentic. I want to connect with my spouse, but I'm trying to apply all these strategies, and it feels... It feels like I'm a robot, like yeah. very textbook. And I can relate to that because um, our marriage coach has given us just some incredible strategies to navigate in, um, in our marriage, just some questions we can ask one another, the way that we can respond to conflict. And and they're, they're brilliant strategies. But every single time we find ourselves in the middle of a conflict, I, I'm thinking about the strategies, but I don't want to sound too scripted. And so I'm trying to apply the strategies, but not sound scripted. And it just never works out. And so I think my encouragement, my challenge would be um, to actually spend some time and, uh, and apply the strategies and not worry about what your spouse thinks because the goal is is authentic healthy life-giving communication even in the midst of conflict and um you would prefer that i apply the strategies that we've learned with our coach 100%. or in books we've read you'd you'd prefer me to apply those and even sound a little funny because you would know that i'm trying yeah. to do the work yeah. right yeah it's like learning if you play any sport you have to learn a play 
And so you learn to play, you run the play, you run the play, you run the play, do it again, do it again, do it again. So it becomes. Yeah. And then it becomes more natural. Is that what you're saying? I would have yeah. said it, but Sorry. it becomes it me- becomes muscle memory and mechanical. But then when you get on the playing field, you don't know what the defender is going to do. So you have to adapt, but you still uh, you get to the end goal. So if a quarterback's throwing the ball to a receiver and he's supposed to go 10 yards and then hit a post, but now there's a, a defender there and he's got to do a little looped around and he gets to the destination, the quarterback can still actually get the ball to him. So learning the mechanics of it and yeah. being rigid, but doing it from a sincere heart, yeah. which is a crucial part. That is crucial. And a cr- sincere heart means I desperately want to be the best for my spouse. Yeah. So if that means being mechanical at first until I learn how to weave in some authenticity and some vulnerability and some life, that's okay. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think, I think so. The same with sex. Yeah, that's true. Thanks, Megan. Um. I, I think that the biggest thing is that you can even say that to your spouse. Like I, I'm, I'm really trying to work on this and apply the yep. strategies that we've learned. And I feel a little awkward, but I just like, you can just, I'm not good honest. at it yet. I, yeah, and it's going to be rigid, but it. I want to practice yeah. to make perfect. I think that's helpful. It's great. Let's go to the yeah. next question. Okay. My husband always wants sex, but sometimes I don't want to. I wonder if sometimes is the real honest word that they meant to write. <laughs> Who knows? Um, how can we create a healthy sex life that works for both of us? So I think yeah. we kind of hit on that. We kind of did. Creating that window of every 72 hours just kind of helps make sure you're re-engaged yeah. with that. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, okay, because this is sounds like a wife asking the question. <coughs> I would just remind you like, hey, make sure that you are making your husband a priority. And if he, if he wants to be sexually intimate a lot, that means he's into you. Yep. He loves you. He wants yep. to be close to you. So you may not always be into it, but it's okay to recognize like, wow, my husband actually wants to be intimate with me. And that, that means he loves me. He values it's me. Great. And so recognize that, make it a priority. Every 72 hours is just a great rule to live by because it will help keep it on your mind. Yeah, great. And, um, and then also have a conversation with your husband, right? Great. Because there are probably... Explaining expectations. Yeah. And and maybe there's some things, some needs that you have that you're like, man, I just feel like we're, we're connected physically, but we're not connected emotionally. Like, emotionally. Yeah. Can we So you just want to jump on top of yeah. me, but you haven't found out what's going on in, internally. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. Expl- communicating expectations. I think that's a huge part of it, yeah. and and the same for your your husband. Or they he needs to know, because maybe he's a little bit too crazy. Uh, but that you that you you can't decide that. Y'all need to have a conversation yeah. about, talk about that. It. Yeah, we've been on that on both sides. For yeah. me, as, as I hit forty and after forty, my libido has dropped. It's been crazy because that's never been. Yeah, that's challenge. never been the case. Never been the you. case for me. It was like, oh my god, what are we gonna do here? Uh, but it's been interesting in the, this. This, this stage and season of our life, we've had conversations on the opposite sides of the yeah. table. And that's important because if you don't have the ability to have authentic conversations, then we backfill with our own narrative and that gets us into trouble every yeah. single time. Yeah. Shall we go on? Yeah. Or so okay. the next question says this, does the level of a couple's physical intimacy in a marriage reflect the quality of their marriage? That's a great question. Yeah. I think that the answer to that cannot be unequivocally yes. I think it has to be no. And I think you couldn't say that the level of physical intimacy in a marriage reflects the quality because there's so many nuances and there's so much context that would be required. Yeah, there's a lot so of context. So why is there not consistent levels of intimacy? And what does it mean? Um, like what is the level of intimacy that's the expectation? Yeah. Maybe for you it's four times a day and now you're hearing, oh, wait, once every seven, two hours, maybe I have an unre- unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Or maybe it's once a month. And that's, that's unrealistic as well. Or maybe the context is health related or, 
it's because there's a violation of trust. Yeah. Because of some hurts from the past. Yeah, there's so true. many things. But what I would say is that the level of a phys- of a couple's physical intimacy will actually be a great indication of the health of their relationship, but not necessarily the only indicator. Yeah, it's not the only indicator, but it definitely is a indicator. Yeah. And um, so it, it's important to pause and evaluate and have a conversation with your spouse um, just about your your expectations of one another and and really have talks about what sexual intimacy looks like for you guys. And, and again, we think the 72-hour rule is a great rule because it just keeps you connected. Yeah, but, but um, if you're not having, if you're not sexually intimate on, if it's a weekly or monthly or, or, quarterly or yeah. annually which we have conversation with people that you're just a roommate all those categories you're you're in a place where you're cohabitating and so it, the goal would be how do you find a way to increase that the frequency yeah. if you're only you know being intimate once every so often or monthly well then how do you find a way to get to a place where you're intimate weekly yeah what would uh, that and, look like and what, what would it take to get there what do you need as a woman from your husband and what do you need as a man from your wife and how do you take some baby steps towards yeah. that because it definitely has an impact on the health because we yeah. need that physical intimacy. It yeah. doesn't have to always be sex. No. Some of you just need to. a good makeout session. Some of you need a good cuddle and watch a movie and hold hands and be under the same blanket session. Some of you need that. Yeah. Just to kind of reconnect at a soul level. Yeah, that's great. So I think that, that's great. Does that sound good? Yeah. I think we could move on to some other Let's questions do it. that We've came in. We've got so many categories. I know, there's what do so you much. think? Should we just go right into this next let's one? Let's just go in order. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Do let's, it. let's talk about kids. We're 30 minutes in. We got this. Let's go. We may have two podcasts happening, but we got this. You don't know what's going to happen. You never know. We don't know. Our producer is going to make the decision. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Which one is, we, who's the executive producer? We should have them fight over who becomes, is it? Jerry or is it K? Oh, Katie just pointed herself. Okay, she's executive. <laughs> he pointed her to. Okay, okay, so it's perfect. executive so producer. They're, 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 they're in alignment. We're good to go. Okay, okay. all right. Though this says after getting out of the newborn baby phase and feeling like we finally have more time as a couple, how do we rekindle the romance? That's a great question. That's a great question. A great step is a playlist on Spotify called Silk Sheets. Ooh, baby. <laughs> It is magic. So just start by playing that pretty consistently once the kids go to bed. Oh my but goodness! Light some, going. light some candles. Yeah. Uh, you know, close your eyes, make a wish, and blow out the. Good. I don't think those are the right lyrics, but yeah, they're Blow in there. The candle lights. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Light some candles, put some music on. I, I think too, um, some of rekindling that is what, what do you guys love that makes you feel connected? Great. Because is it conversation or is it cuddling on the couch and watching a movie and like touching one another, being close to one another? You I'm just thinking me. about people who hate physical touch. Like, no, they're like, please don't touch <laughs> We're me. sitting in different chairs. <laughs> and that's, that's yeah, fine. That may fine. not be how yeah. you feel connected, yeah. but have a conversation with each other. Like, Hey, like I miss you i'm excited to re-engage in the romance of our relationship what do you need from me and then and then ask let your spouse ask the same question what do you need from me and and talk about that and then be intentional plan some date nights um i remember when we had no money and our kids had for a long time yeah for a long time and um our kids you keep leaving the podcast table um appreciate that about you i'm talking (laughs) nobody knows and and you know we didn't even (laughs) say anything we didn't even say anything about our new set design it's so bomb 
and uh, welcome. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go open the door. I'm hot. I feel like people need to watch this just to watch me talking to you and you leaving. It's while like I'm our talking marriage. It's like wow. on a wall being intimate with you right now. Wow. You're fully known. Okay, thank you. What was I even saying? Um, I I was talking about when we were we were younger married and um our kids had just passed the baby stage and you know we're young but we just didn't really have a lot of money to go out and we needed to connect and I'll never forget this one time where you um you made me stay upstairs for forever and you took all of the blankets in our house and all of the pillows in our house I know you did a good job if you can't see Carrie right now he's doing a dance um but he he took all the pillows all the blankets and he made this like massive pallet in front of our tv downstairs and he lit candles and uh, uh, yeah, and just set the atmosphere, and we watched movies. No, and you missed the best part. I, okay. I, I didn't, didn't know watch other movies. people would appreciate that. I got all of Megan's <laughs> high school VHS tapes from her musicals that she starred in, <laughs> and we sat down and we watched Sound he watched of them Music, with me. Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> Not the original versions. Those are horrible. The homemade on a VHS <laughs> tape. Uh, like you had to fix the tracking. And like, we let me go them. down memory lane, which I really, it was so sentimental and I appreciated it so much. I don't know if everyone would love I that. Didn't like I didn't appreciate it. But you, I did afterwards. You did Let's it for go. me. Hello. <laughs> and so it was just great. And so I think you can rekindle totally. that romance and you can be intentional on a budget, whatever that looks like. So, yeah. I mean, listen, dudes, if you're going in for an interview, you brush up on the business and how they got started. You have questions to ask you know things you're going to say you prepare for it so don't don't be an idiot don't act like don't be too lazy do some recon you you won over your wife in the first place so just go back to some of the things that you did that that machismo that you <laughs> that 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 game that you threw down and just start dating again. And we said a little bit of this in the week one of me and my house, but um, I would just say to all of the the moms um, of young kids, can I just encourage you for a moment, um, make sure that even when your kids are little, that you uh-huh. are making time to invest in your marriage because your marriage is the number one priority. And, and God's given you those beautiful children to raise, but those beautiful children need to actually see a healthy thriving marriage. So make sure to invest. I think some, especially brand new moms have a really hard time leaving their kids with a babysitter or, um, you know, it's like just really panicking about what's going to happen if they're gone. And I would just encourage you, like your kids are going to be okay. Find a great babysitter that you can trust. Find a family Get member. Get in a connect somebody, with other couples and trade off in your weekends. church that you can trust. Yeah. And, and listen, and allow someone to help you with that so that you can invest in your marriage. I think that is just something really important. And if you cannot, if there's literally no one available to you at all, Put your baby down to bed, not laying on you, but laying in their bed and spend some time investing in your husband because he needs that and you need it. Yeah, when we were on broke and on a budget, which we're we're back to that stage because we had a kid in college. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, we had a small window of two years of fun and then it's just all over. (laughs) Um, And now uh, when we were broken on a budget, we only had enough money to do a date night once a month. And I think the budget was $50. It was not much. Which included everything everything yeah and that was childcare. that was eating at probably like wendy's i'm I sure getting a baconator nothing says romance Gross. like a bacon <laughs> 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 oh. last time i went to wendy's was 16 years ago That's and i had a Gross. baconator and i still feel it in my colon <laughs> and uh 
and we would do we'd call them stay home stay dates yeah and so we'd put the kids to bed and we'd lock them in their room and we'd do <laughs> we it. did not lock them in their room and but we, we would did put them watch them we'd rent a movie we'd, we'd red box it or we would do whatever it is and Redbox is a, a DVD yeah. rental. <laughs> you are dating yourself right now. Also, that could be really taken the wrong way. That's not like a sexual term. It's a rent DVD movie rental kiosk you find. I think they're still around. But <laughs> you want a Redbox tonight? Oh, God, uh, we didn't have an E next to our podcast, okay, but now okay. we do. Let's move along. But uh, my point is, we would just do. We, you can't make excuses. You just yeah. stay at home. And we would watch a movie or we would play some games or yeah, we would pick hard games. Yeah, we'd go out in the front and we would we created this thing called Front Porchinate. I know that's crazy, but we'd get our lawn chairs and our we'd take a cooler and put a towel over it or some kind of tablecloth and put a candle out there and we'd sit outside and just talk and yeah. just try to make it exciting because you just at the end of the day, um, you people don't fall out of love. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like it, you know, fall like tripping and they don't falling. fall out of love what happens is you stop stop stoking the fires yeah, you drift out of it and uh and so you you got to be intentional about it but i will tell you this um it is sometimes it's hard for guys with, with when their spouse has young kids because they they feel like they're they have to slip kind of into the shadows mm -hmm. and and part of, that's not the the spouse the wife's fault but right. it's important for you to know that because we're like we're we're okay on our own, but that baby has to be fed, has right. to be changed. And I'm also doing that too. We're, t we're right. taking turns, but it, it, for those first few months specifically, maybe even six, it, we feel insignificant. And so sometimes we deal with some rejection with that. So it, yeah, that's having conversations is, is so huge Yeah, and, and give him space to just go, I feel insignificant and just, man, Oh babe, I love you. And I'm, I'm sorry. That's how you, you feel. And I want to make that up. And then, Dudes, you just say, hey, I know, I know this is not your heart. This is where I'm at. But that's so, it's so important yeah. with having those conversations. Yeah. Conversations, talking about things that matter to you is actually such a huge part of marriage. And it's necessary. It is. It is. Well, let's okay. uh, go on to question number 200 kids. We're doing 37 minutes wow. and we're like, I think we have 27 more questions. We got this. Um, how do you get kids to behave without crushing or stifling their spirit? What I'd like to do on this one is actually just refer, we talk about this in the podcast release just, uh, I think two episodes ago, I'm not exactly sure, but just stay on our channel. We talk about parenting, we talk yeah. about discipline. And so I wanted to say, hey, go check that out and listen, it's all about parenting. Yeah, that's and, great. And we hit that. The, the other question was, sometimes my spouse is upset with the kids and takes it out on me. How can, I, how can we separate <laughs> the two so that we stay on the same team instead of against each other. And that's yeah. less to do with kids and more to do with dealing with stress and pressure. Definitely. And that's a really easy thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, what do you, I, what would you say about that? Like, um, yeah. our, our marriage coach would say that uh, when you, your body is telling you things about yourself and you, you and I have a responsibility to learn how to dual process. Yeah. And you know how to do this because if you've ever asked somebody how their day is going and then all of a sudden, three minutes later, they're still telling you a story and in your mind you're thinking, oh my God, I wish I had never asked that question. I, how do I get out of this? And you're smiling <laughs> and you go, that's called dual processing. And so we have to teach ourselves how to dual process. In other words, I'm in the midst of something and I'm frustrated, but I'm feeling it internally. Yeah. And, and I can feel my body composition is changing. My heart rate is speeding up. My facial expression is beginning to shift. My body posture is shifting. Yeah. And so learning, t teaching ourselves to regulate through breathing yeah. 
is a game changer. Yeah, just recognizing what's going on in your body. Like, okay, I'm I'm feeling stress right now. I'm feeling <laughs> the pressure and anxiety, and I I can feel the anger building inside of me. And being able to recognize that and and regulate it, but also explain it. Like, I think if I was to say to you, I'm having a really hard time right now. I'm feeling a lot of stress. Then your typical response to me shut would up, be, woman. Yeah, Get t- back in the kitchen. Take your oh, shoes off. Wow. And I throw a shoe at your head. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'd be like submit woman. Oh my lord, that would not work well. It works every time. Fifty um, percent of the time works every nope. time. Nope. Okay. Uh, if you can tell what movie that's from, I'll stop talking. Goodness. You can't. I don't Go even ahead. remember what I was saying. You were saying about regulating and how you're feeling. If you were to come to me and say, "Hey, babe," if I, I was to say, yeah. "I am feeling so much stress right now, and I'm so angry right now," if I was to actually be able to communicate what I'm feeling. For the most part, you would usually respond to me, okay, what do you need from me? And yeah. and so learning to get good at that with our spouses is huge versus reacting to their frustration. Yeah, and that's that takes a lot of work to it teach does. yourself how to get there before the moment. Because yeah. in the moment, it's like when you're pissed off at each other and one of, one of your, your spouse says, just calm down. Uh, our, one of our pastors used to say all the time, when in the history of someone telling you to calm down, has anyone ever, ever calmed, calmed down? down? Never. So I think the onus is first is regulating our own like emotions and our, our physical energy and breathing. We work, we work on breathing tools all the time. Five, yeah. five, five, five seconds, inhaling, hold my breath for five seconds, five seconds, seconds, exhaling. And just doing that three times, your body's slowing down and you're paying attention to your heart rate. And your body is just trying to self-regulate and figure yeah. out what's going on. So if you're the one that's ticked off, you you can take a moment and you can take 15 seconds, five, 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 count those bre- breaths in and just go, what am I feeling? What's going on? I'm ticked off. But really it's because that email I got at the end of the day. Yeah. Or really it's because I haven't talked to my husband in three days about what I'm angry at him about. Yeah. And you can pause and, 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 and breathe that in. And then if you're the one that's getting angry, it gives you the opportunity to regulate and actually address some challenges or some problems. If you're on the receiving right. end, you're being projected upon, vomited upon. I'm really good at doing that. I'm really good at projecting my frustrations on you and the people that I love the most because I'm, I have to like be so kind to the people that make me angry. <laughs> Otherwise I'd rip their face off. And then I am great at just throwing up on you. And so when you, when you feel and sense that and you just put your hand on my shoulder and go, Hey, what's going on? And so you, it takes a lot cause you have to choose not to get offended and not react. And, and you are not a I'm passive not reactor. That. You're a volcanic reactor. Yeah. And so when when you react, we only go yeah, up, 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 boom. But you do so great at, at just going, hey, what's going on? And when you do that, it quiets my soul. And I realize, oh, gosh, I am at this place. So I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah. But if you're the one getting angry or if you're the one being vomited on, having the sense of mind to dual process and go, I think he's projecting on me. And instead of reacting in anger, I'm going to slow down and be patient. It, it nine out of ten times it diffuses the situation instead of escalating the situation. And that takes a lot of work. It does. We've learned a lot of that from our marriage coach who is actually going to be at the movement church for week three of me and my house. Well, tell the dates because, yeah. I don't don't know if this will release before or not, but this is October 14th and 15th. He's going to be at the movement church. And um, and if you're listening to this podcast afterwards, um, you can go back and listen to week three of me and my house and hear a little bit from him. It'll be be great. Yeah, let's move on. 42 minutes. We're going to keep going. 
Let's talk about trust because that's yeah, uh, that's a big one. A lot of the questions that came in were, were in reference to what do I do in violation? There's been a violation of trust. Here's some of the questions that uh, we've got. After being married for 20 plus years, how do we rebuild trust and intimacy and intimacy after trust has been broken in previous years? Wow. Another one was, can a marriage be saved after adultery? Hmm. Another was, how do we continue to forgive our spouse when we feel like they continue to cause hurt and pain or their list of wrongs continues to get bigger and bigger. We should probably come back to that. We should probably hit that specifically. And yeah. another one was, are there situations in which it will be difficult or even impossible to forgive a spouse? Wow. So it's hard when you've experienced uh, a, bra- a bra- violation of trust. Yeah. feels like a betrayal. It even. is a betrayal yeah. for sure. Yeah. And the question sounds like they're searching for hope. Yeah. Why don't you speak to it for a minute? Yeah. I would say, I think so many of those uh, questions said, can a marriage be saved? How do we, how do we rebuild trust and intimacy? And and I do want to say that there is hope that no matter what situation you have found yourself in the middle of, no matter how much um, heartbreak you are walking through, regardless of what's going on, there's always hope because God is, uh, he's in the business of restoration Mm -hmm. and reconciliation and healing. And, and so I would just tell you, yes, absolutely, there's hope. But I, I would say um, it, it might be a, a long road ahead of you of building trust yeah. again. Because when trust has been broken, it does take time to rebuild trust. And it does take intentionality to rebuild trust. Um, and it I, takes forgiveness. It, it takes and forgiveness. forgiveness is the crux upon which our our faith is built. The f- Christianity is built on forgiveness. And it starts first with the fact that Jesus... Forgave chose us. to forgive yeah. me and my sin and your sin is far greater than anything any human has ever done or ever will do to yeah. you because our sin deserves a consequence in hell. And yeah. Jesus took that penalty on his shoulders and says, I choose to forgive you. Yeah. And the very, in the very precipice of our salvation depends upon salvation depends upon us forgiving others as Christ forgave us. Yeah, absolutely. I I know sometimes you know the truth, but yeah. the truth feels like such a struggle to apply to yeah. your life, right? Um that's part of what it looks like to be a Christ follower is there's there's so many beautiful truths in the scripture that God's given to us for our flourishing, but sometimes it's hard to yeah. walk it out. And so I would just um with compassion for whoever's asking these specific questions and knowing that there's probably many people that are listening to this podcast right now that maybe you have walked through the pain of adultery. Um maybe maybe your spouse has um, really let you down. Um, maybe you're here and, and one of your spouses struggled with a a porn addiction. And for you, that has just felt like rejection and betrayal. And, um, those are common issues and common struggles within a marriage. And I wouldn't want to just take that lightly. Um, so I know it's hard. Like I know it's extremely challenging, but I would say, yes, there's absolutely hope and it's going to take some work and it's going to take both of you being willing to rebuild that trust again. It's going to take repentance from yeah. the one who violated the trust, yeah. broke the trust. It's going to take forgiveness from the one who has been betrayed and the trust was broken on uh, uh, towards them or against yeah. them. It's going to take time. It's going to take spiritual family to walk with you through it. Absolutely. It's going to take accountability for the one who violated the trust. It's going to take counseling and therapy, biblical, godly counsel and therapy from pastors and licensed therapists who know what they're doing. 
it's going to take some work. Yeah, that's what I was going to recommend is I think you you definitely need um, you need pastors in your life who are going to um, just speak truth and um, hope into you. You need you need godly friends um, who are in on the journey. And I think so often we try to hide um, the pain that we're walking through because we're ashamed or we feel embarrassed. And I would just tell you, you, you need a, a family of faith that's going to be strong around you when you're walking through a struggle like that. But you also need godly Christian counselors who are going to be for you and yeah. your spouse who hurt you who will give you some yeah. steps to take towards healing and and help you with what it looks like to walk that out but the answer is can a marriage be saved absolutely, absolutely. yes can it flourish and be even better than it was before yes. absolutely yes but it's going to take some some steps some time and some work and we just talked about all those steps forgiveness and repentance counsel a faith-filled family you need all that and you need time that age-old yeah. adage time heals all wounds has a lot of truth to it. Yeah, it really, it really does. does. And there's some great resources available about this. You can always email us and we can get you connected with some great resources, some great books to read. If um, you're local, the, we can recommend some great therapists. Absolutely. At uh, the Movement Church, we've got some some great connect groups that focus in on marriage and um, great leaders who've been willing to open up and share their stories. Yeah. And so um, I just tell you, you got to be in a community of faith. You really need it desperately. Um, and you both have to want it. And you both got to want it. Because if one is not repentance, repentant, then yeah. there's not not going to be a restoration yeah. if one is not willing to forgive there won't be restoration it's equal parts yeah and and i would just speak to that that um the, there's two other questions that you kind of mentioned there yeah. one of it says are, are there situations in which it will be difficult or even impossible to forgive a spouse and you i would just hustle. okay i'm hurrying but i would just say absolutely difficult like absolutely there are situations that are going to be difficult um never impossible can i just say never impossible because jesus the price that he paid for us is the ultimate forgiveness so it's not impossible but it might be it might be some work and if you feel like you're building up a list of grievances against your spouse um you you probably need to sit down and uh, have a good conversation and, and get a coach and get a coach and get and someone you're probably to speak not working into your on forgiveness life. yeah you're probably holding on to resentment and and, uh, and that's that's going to be problematic. And you're thinking that it's all your spouse's fault, but really the level of resentment that you're holding on to is also causing a big wedge in your marriage. It's probably perpetuating yeah. behavior towards your spouse, which is pushing him or her away from you. And you're just creating a cycle. And the Bible says that love keeps no record of, of wrongs. wrongs. Ooh, Jesus says, hard. I cast out your sin as far as the east is from the west. And he says, I choose to forget your sins. And we have yeah. to remember that remember that process so yeah absolutely another question on this about trust you gotta says, hustle okay my partner said that they heard from god about a pretty major life decision yeah i haven't heard from god and i just don't feel 100 percent. am i wrong to hesitate yeah and the answer is absolutely not wrong to hesitate mm -hmm. it's the right step if there's not alignment if we don't have yeah. peace together on it then we're not making major decisions. Right. We're not moving forward. Major life decisions would be a change of job or career, yeah. a, move, a move, a major purchase like vehicles, houses, or going into large sums of debt, a move out of city or out of state, yeah. uh, moves away from family, having children. Yeah. I mean, these are major decisions. Right. And, and so if there is not alignment that, and one of you is trying to, manipulate or force the other you're not alignment it's going to cause you major major problems because god gave you your spouse as a helpmate yeah that's how you make great, great decisions so we've we travel together at the speed of peace 
Yeah, that's great. Where is there alignment? Where do we have peace? And and that's on major decisions and minor decisions. Yeah. How you raise your kids is another yeah, one. Yeah, that's How great. How you discipline your kids. And so if you are not in agreement, then you are absolutely should hesitate and you say, no, I'm not moving forward until we're on alignment, in alignment. Yeah, bring in a coach. And then you need to bring in a coach. You need yeah. a mentor and a leader that you both respect because one of you might find a mentor or a leader who's <laughs> going to speak to the decision that they want to make. So get someone who can be objective, who's yeah. not connected, who truly loves you, loves both of you, wants the best for you. Yeah. And bring them in to speak to it. Yeah, that's Un great. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, the next question says, how do I let go of control and allow my husband <laughs> to lead our family when I don't feel like he's actively pursuing a relationship with God? That's a great question. Yeah. Well, there's no place in the scripture that says that one spouse is equipped to lead the family uh, on their own. Another, there's no place in scripture where it says that one spouse is a one spouse's ability to lead the family is dependent upon their relationship with the Lord. Biblical principles stand no matter what happens with a person with regards to faith. So you both should be leading your home, and uh, we'll talk about headship and there's another question similar to this we can kind of hit on some of that in a minute but yeah yeah so to this person specifically who asked this question you're going to have to really spend some time in prayer and you're going to have to trust god even more and um and trust god to do a work in your husband um not to change him but you're just gonna have to trust god with your husband and um i would say that the and statement, trust god to do the work in you if you're struggling with control you, to yeah, allow your to husband yeah there's equal yeah. issues here yeah if you're saying like to allow your husband we Problem. you already have we an already issue. Have a problem. <laughs> you do. Um, when you said, when I don't feel like he's actively pursuing a relationship with God and listen, feelings are followers. They're not leaders. And so you may feel something, but it doesn't make it a fact. And so, um, I just would encourage you with that and bring some, bring some godly leaders into your life, get some coaches, pray and have conversations yeah. about what, what does the future look like? What are the things that we, are values that matter to us? And you got to look for alignment. You, neither one of you gets to sol the sole proprietorship yeah. of making those decisions. You both do. Even if that means that you're married to someone who's not a Christian and right. isn't pursuing God, that's there's scriptures about that that talk specifically to women who are married who, to men who are not saved and how their lifestyle in that home is the greatest reflection of the love yeah, of God yeah. and their life in the home will can, can contribute to the salvation of their okay. spouse. There's yeah. scriptures about this, yeah. but you need alignment. And there's some decisions that you make that are a-spiritual. In other words, right. <laughs> like it, it doesn't, you, if you have a mortgage, it doesn't matter. It, you don't have to say, well, because we're Christians, we're paying our mortgage. No, because we're responsible adults, we're paying our mortgage. So you find values that are based upon convictions and then you find alignment and if there's not alignment you bring in a coach yeah and if one of you is a, if one of you if your spouse isn't willing to go to a coach you can still go to a coach find yeah. a godly influence who will speak life and and before your marriage yeah not against it and get some insight on yeah it. that's great that's awesome. Great. Well, should we go on to the next section? Yeah, let's do it. These had a lot of questions come in about time management. Yeah, and, this was uh, a big one. Yeah, this first question was, how much time is too much time <laughs> spent together? How much time? How much time is, is too, too much time, time spent? I wrote this. I'm sorry. You did. Oh, it's man. too much time spent together. How do you balance becoming one flesh without becoming co-dependent? Okay. I think these are these really should be bifurcated because yeah. codependency is not dependent upon the amount or quantity of time spent yeah it actually has to do with where people are, are deriving value intrinsically and self-esteem and confidence and that has nothing or little to do yeah. with time spent 
There's a great book called Codependency and Co or Codependent No, no More. More. Nope. Codependent No More. There is a book called Codependency No More. Oh. It's a different book. Oh, wow. Okay. Codependent No More is a great book. Another great book to read is called um, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Both of those are great reads. That'll help with the codependent component. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to how much time is too much time spent together, man, that is so subjective. Yeah, that's a hard question to answer. I do, you need quality time. Yes. Not quantity time. Yeah. Because sometimes it's depending on seasons and ages and stages. Totally. And sometimes you need time away. Yeah, you do. I, I think all of us that's need time away. That's why I play golf. Is to get away from me? Yes. You're whispering in the microphone. And because I love yeah no but sometimes i've found i've fallen in love with being out there by myself listening to music and playing golf it's good yeah. for me i come back a better person yeah it's great yeah i i think that is something that is important for every spouse to consider is like it, you have unrealistic expectations if you're expecting your 100%. spouse to spend every minute of their day and time with you like it, we you do need time alone everyone does even the greatest extrovert on the planet needs some time totally. alone to recharge or time with friends yeah, like your, your spouse does need time with friends the friends cannot be the priority over right. the marriage but but your spouse needs time with their friends to hang out and to uh have you fun you need some bro time yeah you need some girl time but not at the expense of your marriage right. so if one of you is if if your spouse seems to for you to be a little clingy and you guys are not aligned with that i know this is going to sound you've never heard this before bring in a coach yeah we, bring in we say somebody that a lot. that's why pastor that's why we have pastors yeah. on our staff they're not licensed therapists, but they're going to listen with that. We pray for you. If you're in our church, we pray for you on a yeah. regular basis. If you're at a life-giving Bible-based church, your pastors pray for you. So just say, hey, we need some help because one of you probably has unrealistic That's expectations and the other one probably has some uncommunicated expectations. Yeah. And we need, I know this is another word they've Get an heard. Get alignment. alignment. Exactly. So, all right, <laughs> all right, let's do this next one. It says, since my wife works from home, she has a hard time closing the computer after 5 p.m. We've had conversations before, but it keeps happening. How can we draw the line between work time and family time? That's a great question. It's a great question, and and that could go either way because that's hard for for anyone who is uh, anyone who's you just really go. driven to and has a tendency to be a workaholic, right? Um, you don't have to be a workaholic. Yeah, because you might have, you might not even be working. You might just be scrolling, right? Or you might um, not want to be with your family, or yeah. you might have unhealthy standards. I mean, there's so many things. But yeah. yeah. And so this question specifically, I I think. We're going to repeat ourselves a lot in this because your your spouse deserves intentional time. Your mm -hmm. family deserves your intentional time. And so it really is important to have boundaries in your life, to have work time and family time and, and to be intentional with carving that out. And so... Um, I would just tell you, you've got to have a good conversation about expectations. In this question, it sounds like they've had conversations before um, and, and it's still feeling frustrating. And, and we've been there. I mean, there's been times where you, you, you would give me a hard time because I could just like work, 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 work on my iPad, like while we're watching a movie because it work. Well, okay. I can also scroll 100%. Mm -hmm. Scroll, but scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah, scroll. absolutely. I can or do all the things. Or just busy yourself with something uh, like that's not present. Busy myself It's is easy for you thing. to go to the next thing and not be present. Yes. That's an easy thing for yeah. you to do. And so I've had to really work on that. Well, but it's both. Okay. Yeah. So let's just talk brass tacks with this. So 
uh, you need to plan your schedule and you need to build in your weekly calendar, starting with the big rocks, the priorities, and the priorities are personal time with you and the Lord and with you and your spouse and the Lord. It is making sure that you have time carved out to provide sustenance for your family. It's scheduling family nights, date nights, budget meetings, and management meetings. You need, you have to talk about your budget. We got, we're going to talk about finances tonight. You have to have a budget meeting. If you're not, you're being a child. So you, you need to set, you build your weekly calendar, you build your weekly schedule, and then you go, okay, here's the priorities for evenings for our home. That's, that's free real estate. Yeah. What's the most important? How many nights of the week are we going to have dinner together? How often are we going to have nights where we have nothing on the calendar? How, what, what are priorities for our family with regards to kids' extracurricular activities and with regards to church involvement and with regards to fun nights? You you have to build that in your calendar. Listen, somebody's running your calendar. And if it's not you, then your life is running towards chaos and you're going to be burnt out and frustrated all the time. So in fact, one of the next questions was our schedule is packed. We've got kids, extracurricular activities, all kinds of practice. We've got groups and church and it leaves little room for family time or date nights. How can we prioritize if we have kids and church things? Sounds like somebody is trying to step off the dream team at the movement <laughs> church and they do it in the past. No, I'm kidding. So listen, you plan your schedule. Yeah, you're in charge of it. So you create the structure that matters. So let me just give you some practicals from us. I'm trying to hustle through this. Go hustle. I, I just might interject in a minute. Cool. Maybe we'll just maybe push a pause after this one and see yeah. what happens. Okay. So um, we build our calendar. If you look at my calendar right now at 5 a.m., it has PM carry Devo time. So I get up 5 a.m., have my devotion, and then I shift gears at 6 a.m. Megan's usually getting up at between 5.45 and 6 o'clock. She's coming down. We're in the same room. Worship music's on. Sometimes I'm working on sermons or whatever. It's irrelevant. Then I shift gears and I do my workout, my training. Megan shift gears. And then we have wake up time with Avery. And then we do, so we have everything planned out. We have our work days planned out. And we have a certain number of weeks of the night which are available to be used for things outside of family. Mm-hmm. And our priority is that four nights of the week, we prioritize our family or family friends, date nights, family nights, and three nights of the week for extracurricular, which include church. Yeah. So Avery's volleyball, uh, that's our youngest daughter. We've got students is on one of those nights. Mm-hmm. We do meetings on a regular basis on weeknights, but we, pri- we protect Sunday night, Monday night, Friday night, and the rest of the days fluctuate based upon the week. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some seasons where life's a little bit crazy. Yeah, there's seasons where it's a little bit And you're running and gunning, but we don't do that more than one week yeah. in a month. So we plan our month. So I'm just telling you, you can prioritize the things. And we, we talked about this in our sermon that Ma- Avery is in club volleyball, but students is on Tuesday nights, mm-hmm. and that's a priority for us. Yeah. So there's a chance her schedule might have practice on Tuesday. So we're going to have a conversation with the coach. Yeah. What does this look like? This is a priority because we set our values. Our values drive our decision and our plan, our calendar. 
Yeah, I, I think that's important to know. Gosh, like that's our, worth like $50,000 It right is. There. Our values drive our decisions and plan our calendar. And so you're you're in control of what you say yes to. Um, you're and radically in charge I, of your life. I think that's important to know. Like, what are what are the values of your family? What, what are you going to put first in priorities? And as for me and my house, we've decided that... that our house. Ch- as for me and our house, um, church is a high priority for us. And building the kingdom of God is a high priority for us. So that's that's up there on the list. But there's been so many seasons of our kids' lives where they they haven't done every single activity under the sun because we knew that if we did that, we were going to have no time together as a family. And so we had to have our kids choose, okay, well, this is the thing that's important to me. So we're going to invest there instead of five different things are important to me. Yeah. In in Brooklyn's, our oldest daughter's freshman year. Oh my goodness. She was in cross, she was in a small private Christian school and she was doing everything. She was in cross country. She was in theater. Mm-hmm. She was in like 97% honors classes. She was involved in students and she was in uh, either the worship team She's at that point team, yeah. for our church for the main worship uh, center for the adult, the adult uh, worship <laughs> service. We used to call it big church. And, uh, and we planned poorly. Yeah. We said yes to we said everything yes to too many and things. it cost emotional bandwidth and spiritual bandwidth for our daughter and for us so many fights because we just said yes and didn't plan our calendar and we decided no we're not doing that again that's ridiculous that's too much so we sat down and we had a long conversation and there were things we didn't fully agree on and we had to go okay you know what i i see what you're saying I, I would do it differently, but I tr- I think you're right. And she would say the same thing. And then we brought Brooklyn in on the conversation. And we said, okay, here are the values to us. It, we love theater. We love cross country. We love being a part of, you You have to be part of students. We do church. But you don't have to be a part of the worship team because you also serve at students. So you're going to need to decide what things you're valuing. And we'll take this one season, or for her instance, one semester at a time. Yeah. And as a family, with her buy-in and weigh-in, we made decisions to say yes to this, no to that, yes to this. And one of them for that season was she stepped off the worship team. Yeah. But she went to her director for the worship team and said, hey, for this season of cross-country and theater, I can't do all of the things, and I want to make sure I'm at students. And he said, absolutely, when you're done, we'll just bring you back into the process. My point is... She learned how to have hard conversations, make hard decisions, and then we got back in control of our life. Yeah. And it wasn't running things for us. Yeah. So you are radically in charge of your life. You don't do things because culture tells you to right. do things. You don't do things because the people next door to you do the things. You yeah. do things because it's a value to your home and your right. family. Right. So build your schedule. And and just back to the one that was really struggling with um, hard conversations with a spouse. Uh, I I would just encourage you sit down and have that conversation again, bring in a coach if things are not going well. Um, And, and the question on how do we like, how do we draw the line between work time and family time? I I really think so much of that is going to be established in a conversation because it might be, and just to speak to this question, if your wife works from home and by any chance has children (coughs) at home, um, it might be that she's not able to get everything done during the day and she might need you to give her an hour in the evening at some point. And so you got to have a conversation about that so that you have realistic expectations of one another. And, And for the wife that's just working, it's so important 
apparent that you you create space in your world where you actually shut work down and you have fun as a family, that you have fun in your marriage. And so listen to the concerns that your spouse is bringing to you and be willing to make adjustments and, and figure out what that needs to look like. Yeah. And yeah. then like a timesheet, start, start yeah. logging it. And start having conversations on a regular. Hey, listen, tonight this is we talked about it in advance. This dinner, we're watching the latest Disney show, whatever it is. And then if those boundaries are not being held to, I know you've not heard this before. <laughs> bring in a coach. Yeah, a coach is somebody who has ability to speak into your life and say, Hey, you guys have landed on this together. And you're not being faithful to the boundary you established. Now, you might go, well, I've got to get my work done. Well, hold on a minute. You establish boundaries as a family. And that boundary now is as important as the boundary that I'm saying no to every other man or every other woman. Yeah. So you establish the boundaries and you get a coach to help you stick to it. Yeah. There's no faster way to slide into cohabitation than to allow anything else to become a priority over your fam, your wife, your, your spouse, mm-hmm. then your kids, and then your calling. And so yeah. I, I could not establish or say that I- any stronger. Yeah. But it starts with actually planning. And most people don't do that. Yeah. We're going to linger here. So okay. you don't have to rush me on. I know what time it is. <laughs> I can see you. We're going to, this is going to close this one out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we have just a few minutes left. I'm, I'm tracking. I'm driving. Okay. So. I, I think most people fail at the greatest level of actually planning their, their calendar and their budget and how they allot their time. And that small adjustment, budgeting your time like you budget your finances, yeah. it will change your life. And if yeah. you don't know how to do that, I probably should do like a, a, a semi, a, a quasi master class on that. Like okay. I, I, I feel like that's something I can help people yeah, connect with well. But you, that there's, you can find Google, the freaking chat GPT. How do I schedule everything in my oh life? My goodness. And it will help you. But you've got to plan your life, your finances, or it will run you ragged. And listen to me, you decide the values that matter to your family. You do, not culture. You, not culture. We have a daughter who's in college and she has not once said, I'm so bummed that you didn't let me do all the things that (laughs) my friends were doing. She's never once said that. You know why? Because she felt safe and alive in her home. And you know what she wants to do more than anything when she's away? (laughs) It's come home. She wants to come home. (laughs) And every parent that's listening right now, you know what you want? I know what you're thinking. I want to be the parent when we have teenagers that the kids want to come over to our house and hang out. I want to be the parents who the kids want to come home. Yeah, well, then decide now. Even if you don't have kids, decide now. Manage your life. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you, it, you'll be so glad that you did. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, we had so many questions come so in. Many. I think this is a good time. We're going to do session two of this. Awesome. I think we have to come back. We are going to talk about priorities and roles and responsibilities. Yeah. Um, one of the questions was, how do you get your spouse to be healthier, to work <laughs> out and eat right? Um, another one uh, talked about where the husband uses the verse about submitting to him and what, how should I take that serious? Is it a joke? What does that mean? And then, um, then there's another one. This one I know a lot of guys can relate to. We're going to come back and answer these. My wife usually takes it upon herself to do most of the chores because she likes things done a certain way. But if, but then if I don't help, she gets mad. I've tried to learn and understand, but I feel like if I help, I'm wrong. And if I don't help, I'm wrong. <laughs> 
This is like Paul in Romans. So we're going to come back and talk about that. There's some of the questions were, um, how do we enforce boundaries with external yeah. family? Yeah, that's a big that's one a for big people. That's a big one, yeah. And then in-laws yeah, and in-laws family and, yeah. after you get married. Yeah, what yeah. does that look like? There's uh, questions about finances. Well, this is a great one. How do you get the saver to live a little and the spender to save a little? Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> so we're going to come back and hit on this. We're going to talk about communication. Yeah. In part two of this Me and My House podcast, talking everything marriage. But that is it for this session. Listen, if do us a favor, subscribe, like, yeah. um, write a review on iTunes, on all the platforms. The best thing you could do is help us share this podcast with a friend. Just say, hey, check this out. I think you might enjoy it. And if you are in Orange County, California, come join us. Every Sunday we meet. You can find us at theocmovement.com. We would love to be a we part of God's plan you. for your life. But I think that does it for us. Awesome. Is there anything else? No, we'll see you next time. Well, that's it for this edition of MC Unpacked.